Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Thrive in EDU podcast. I am Rochelle Denae Poth, and this is episode 22 of season two of my podcast, which has essentially been a little bit, well, about a year and a couple of months of me recording a weekly podcast, sometimes two, that I'm just talking with myself. And uh, it has become a really good way for me to think about things I'm doing in my classroom, to share some of my own experiences, challenges, frustrations, you name it, uh, that hopefully resonate with my listeners and hopefully that you will share some of your ideas with me. So I tend to talk about things that I've experienced, especially in this new school year with us going between virtual and in-person and hybrid learning, the challenges, the frustrations, the exhaustion, lots of things that are going on in all of our lives this year, most of 2020, actually. It's hard to believe that it is now mid-December, and I think back to a year ago, how different things were. Waiting for the holidays, uh, the break from school, time with family and friends, but also really getting excited for January, because every year January means FETC and then TCEA in February, uh, also, my state conference, PNC. But more than that, it's an opportunity that I know that I will get to see my friends who are located throughout the country and even out of our country. So every December, I am just excited because it means it's the start of the new year. And with the new year brings new opportunities to make those connections and to learn. And also last year, well, a year ago, and then in January, I got to go to London for the first time ever. Actually, the first time I flew out of the United States in, well, let's just say a really long time. And uh, I was very nervous about it, but very excited. I had the opportunity to go to bet in London and be at the Bunsey booth and do some presentations about how I've used it in my classroom, immersive reader and what immersive reader technology does uh, for students and how it helps us as educators to provide more for students and for their families. So it was a really Great start to 2020, very busy month of January. I think I was gone almost half of the month between FETC, which was held in Miami. I came home for a day and then went to London for, I think, eight days and then came home for five days and then went to Austin for TCEA for, I think, five days as well. And then at the end of the month, I was in Nashville with four of my friends to do some writing. And so in that short period of maybe five weeks, I was gone to conferences, I was with friends, learning, uh, writing, having fun, all of that. And then March rolled in and it has not been the same ever since. So I've been taking some time to think about this year and my experiences. And a lot of people have been talking about you know, how anxious they are to get into 2021 and how awful the year has been. And uh, I mean, there is definitely, without a doubt, a lot of negative things about 2020 and what it has led to in terms of, um, I guess, growth personally and professionally for us is something that I've been trying to focus on more and see what can we take away from it? What can I take away from it, even though it is a struggle? And if I just focus on teaching, back at the end of last school year, I remember I had written a blog. I actually went for a walk and I was talking 
into my phone, which is how I often write things, whether it's a blog, emails, worksheets, or parts of books, because I get to focus on my self-care by taking the walk and getting outside. But I also have a chance to reflect because I'm thinking and having it record into a document while I'm walking. And I also feel like I'm being productive because then I can take that and turn it into a blog post. Or if I'm working on something for a book or if I'm contributing something to somebody else's blog, then I kind of take care of a lot of things at the same time. And so instead of just sitting and writing or staying connected to the computer and working throughout the day, at least I have forced myself to get up and go outside and take a walk. But at that time, probably middle of May, I reflected on how things had gone in that two months that school had been closed, what lessons I learned, and how I thought it would help me in the new school year. So then enter the new school year, and I found myself doing a lot of the same things that I did last school year, or trying to teach the same way that I was teaching in the physical classroom space. And now my school started the year fully virtual for the first nine weeks. And that was a change, even though we were virtual for the full end of the last school year, so a full nine weeks, we weren't having the regular schedule because not all students had access to devices nor access to even Wi-Fi. And so we didn't, we couldn't make everything mandatory. I did hold some meetings that were optional for students to join in, and I hope that they did. And I actually had a lot join in, so that was nice. However, in this school year, since we knew that the virtual learning was coming, we set it up, all classes would meet, it was going to be as close to normal as it could be. And I found myself falling back into the, I have to fill the 42 minutes, I need to do all the same things, and quickly realized that I couldn't. So it took me some time to do the adjusting to everything that goes into teaching online. And even though I did teach online at the end of last school year, it wasn't the same. Uh, we had a regular schedule at the start of the school year, and I suggested some different timing for break between classes, have it be five minutes. I also, and I'm thankful that I did this, recommended a 15-minute mid-morning kind of a break in between class periods because with the idea that all teachers, all students would be sitting at the computer for the full school day with only five minutes in between to log in and to log out. I just thought that that was way too much and we needed a break. And as teachers, I, I don't know, whenever I'm teaching in the class and we have three minutes or during class, I can move around, I can interact with students, I can stand out in the hallway and greet students as they come in. Students are moving around the building, they're getting some exercise up and down the stairs. But if we are just online and we don't have that much time in between, and then the problem is we are really glued to the computers and that screen time is excessive. So I recommended a 15 minute break and I looked forward to it every day, but more than just for me and my own benefit, I was glad that the students had that break. And I had some students who said, yeah, I took a nap, which, hey, if you could take a quick nap for 15 minutes, then I give you tons of credit. And some students said they would go for a quick run, they would go outside, um, they would go grab something to eat, whatever it was in that 15 minute period of time. And on some days, I would end a few minutes early. I had students work on something and it might've been 11.25 and I said, you know what, go ahead, take care of that, we'll pick up with that tomorrow and have a few extra minutes for the break. And uh, it, it was quite nice, but now we're back to hybrid 
and the regular five minutes between classes and we don't have that break anymore. And it's, it's not easy. So for me, the big struggle was getting into a workflow. And even though I do a lot of the same class or tasks, I should say in my physical classroom space, it, it often takes less time because everybody is there. And if I'm just switching between things that I'm showing on the screen, if I'm passing out papers, if I'm asking questions, I'm not having to worry about if all students can hear me, uh, repeating it so much because of the audio quality or students getting kicked out of meetings, for example. So it did take a lot of time to adjust. And I felt like I was losing a lot of the instructional time because I was trying to share my screen. And sometimes it showed that it was sharing and it wasn't. And then times it showed that it wasn't sharing. And I would have a student say, uh, Ms. Both, we can see your screen. So lessons learned. I will say, however, that only one time in nine weeks did I talk for a few minutes and I was on mute. But the students really didn't know that I was actually talking because of wearing the mask. They couldn't see that my mouth was actually moving. moving. And the students in my classroom didn't realize because they could hear me. So it wasn't until I guess I walked around to the other computer and I noticed that it had the bar across the microphone. And I said, why didn't anybody tell me that I was muted? And one of the students said, well, we just thought that you were talking to the students in the classroom about something and we were just waiting. So lots of things to be learned, to be mindful of, uh, to remember to do every single time, every single class. And to say that it's exhausting is an understatement. I was exhausted teaching fully virtual and I was teaching from home, but teaching in the classroom with hybrid, there's so many things that we have to balance and constant challenges. There's roadblocks, you name it, especially when it comes to technology. We all know that there are always problems with technology and every single day there was something new or some things that just never changed. I mean, there were certain students that no matter what we did, they, they couldn't hear. Um, so we had to work around it. And the students are great with doing that. Like if some student got kicked out, then they would message one of their friends in the class to say, hey, please tell Ms. Pope that I got kicked out or my Wi-Fi is not working. So nothing really is ideal about what we're doing right now, but we have to kind of figure it out and keep just rolling with it, I guess. Uh, so the best advice that I can give is really to stay connected. Join in some Twitter chats. Look at some of the communities on Facebook. Talk to your students. Make sure that you are sending messages home and connecting with families to find out what it's like for the students who are at home. Because I do feel like all the time that I am not really providing for all of my students. Because if I'm standing in front of my webcam, talking to the students who are, are at home that, of course, I can't see because their cameras are not on, which is fine. I respect that. But I tell them sometimes it's just nice to know that I'm talking to somebody. But if I'm talking to them and I'm standing behind my computer in the front of the room, then I feel like I'm ignoring the students in my classroom. And if I move away from my, my camera, my webcam in front of the room and talk to the side with my students in the classroom, I feel like I'm ignoring the students at home. And so I worry about the students who have questions and perhaps can't ask them because teachers like myself are interacting with the students in the classroom or vice versa. And it's a lot to take on. on. And of course, like I said, it is not ideal. But what I learned from the school closures in the spring 
is that we just have to make the best of it and do the best that we can. And how do we prepare? Honestly, some days I have no idea. Uh, my word for this year, and I think I'm pretty sure last year was intentional and being intentional about what types of learning experiences I plan for my students, being flexible because things happen all the time. Things take longer than you anticipate or the technology doesn't work or students have questions and it takes longer to get the questions answered because we're not all in the same physical space. So working through that, not giving up even when you feel like giving up, but it has been a personal and professional uh, growth, I guess, opportunity through this year. It was hard initially to break away from some of the typical activities that I did in my class and the content or materials that I used or I have been accustomed to using. But what I really learned the most is that we have to really think about how to best assess students and give them opportunities to practice because one thing, the answers are all over the internet. And as a language teacher, I really struggle with this because I've been doing battle against online translators for years. And there's a website out there I will not name, but a lot of people, definitely students know about it, that gives them the answers for workbooks and textbooks for so many different classes that they're taking, including my own. And what I try to teach them is not saying, no, don't do that. That's the worst thing. Because we all know that if we need to find an answer to something, if we're not able to ask somebody, then we look something up online. It's about knowing when to rely on the information, um, being careful with the sources that we're using. For my case, not using a translator uh, or taking the answers and just thinking that from that website that they're correct because all of that, what I've noticed, has led my students to doubt themselves and their own abilities. And that's what bothers me the most. So that's one issue. The other issue, of course, is not being able to see the students as they're working in our classroom and giving them help that they need, uh, whether or not they're copying each other's homework. And so I've tried to emphasize to them the importance of doing their own work, of making their own mistakes, of being okay with not knowing the answer because I'm there to help them. We're all there to help them to improve. and. That's how we learn is we try, we make mistakes, we fail. Like I failed many times in my, in my school career, uh, whether in elementary, high school, college, graduate school, law school, you name it. But I tell them that I can't work with an online translator. I need them to make their own mistakes so that I can work with them. So it has been what I've been calling a great balancing act, figuring out how to do everything that we need to do, especially in a hybrid environment. Students coming in, the cleaning we need to do, making sure they're keeping the distance, observing them to see if they have any indication that they are not feeling well. Um, then it comes to the technology, right? Logging in, sharing our screens, making sure the students are there, they can hear us, posting resources, recording our lessons, downloading, uploading our lessons, whatever it is. And then also losing our voices. I mean, I'm just throwing random ideas out there to see you know, what's resonating with you. What are you experiencing? And for me, teaching language, trying to get students, especially level one, Spanish one students, to get them to pronounce words and build their own skills. It was, it's tough losing the voice with the mask on, trying to speak louder. And originally I had a headset on so I could hear the students, they could hear me at home. But then in the classroom, they couldn't hear each other. 
And so it took me a while to kind of set everything up with an external webcam and a microphone. But I think I feel pretty good about how it, it's going now. It took a while, but it was a great moment when I spoke and the students at home could hear me and the students in the class could hear their friends at home. And we could actually have communication between us and felt like we were all part of the same class. And so there are still a lot of things that I'm worried about. Concerns I have, questions I have. I worry every day that I'm losing student engagement, that I'm doing them a disservice because I'm somehow not providing enough. There's something that I could do better, which of course we know we can always do better. So I ask myself tons of questions every single day. What could I do to improve on the lesson that I just taught? What is something that I haven't tried? What do I think did not go very well at all? And I've asked students that questions like these as well. You know, what do you think? How's it going for you? What, what do you notice? What is something that you feel is missing? Uh, because we need feedback. We need to be assessed as well so that we can do better for our students. And so at any rate, those are just my random thoughts for the day. Um, I hope <laughs> I hope that it's going well for you. I know it's not easy. It's a lot to manage. There is no perfect solution, but the best that we can do is to keep on trying, to stay open to new ideas, to trying new tools, to implementing new strategies, to taking feedback, whether it's positive, yeah, it's going great, if it comes across as criticism, which is negative feedback, because that's okay. That's how we're going to do better. And in the end, just embrace the challenges, um, the times where we feel like we failed, and just learn from it and keep moving on and moving forward because we are just a few weeks short of a new year and new opportunities and uh, we'll see how it goes. So here's to 2021. Thank you as always for listening to my podcast where I talk about myself. No, not really. I talk to myself about things that I'm doing, but I know that everybody else is experiencing too. And that's what helps the most is that I know I'm not alone. And years ago, I, I was alone because I kept myself isolated. So thank you for listening to my podcast. I invite you to join my Facebook group, Thrive in EDU, where we have discussion, we share resources, we go live on Mondays and Fridays and have different guests, educators, people who are in the classroom, people who are speaking, uh, authors, podcasters, you name it. We'd love to have you join. And I will catch you next time. Have a great rest of your day. And thanks again, as always, for listening. Mm -hmm.